What's up, guys? It's Jackson here with the I-70 Show Powder Forecast for the upcoming weekend. It is January, it was February 1st, excuse me. Unfortunately, the first weekend in February is looking a bit dry, and we are not expecting any snow across the entire state. Kind of crazy. Looking at the next 120 hours, so early next week, we are expecting Crested Butte to have five inches, Steamboat to have four inches, the Aspen Mountains all to get about three inches, and as we move on to the I-70 corridor, even just a little bit less. So we're looking at between one and two inches for Vail, Winter Park, Copper, Loveland. But regardless, it's been really good skiing out there, so we hope you get out there, take advantage of maybe lesser crowds than last weekend, and rip up some fresh corduroy. Now, as our listeners know, we do not yet have a sponsor here for that i70 show. However, I wanted to shout out a product that I have begun using this year, and that is CatTrack Boot Sole Protectors. I'm gonna link to them on Amazon. They're only $22, and they are totally worth it. If you guys are skiing anywhere where there's concrete or cobblestone, like Vail Village, this is a product that you need, especially when the soles of your boots are can be hard to find. So honestly, just take care of your gear and it honestly makes walking around before or after skiing that much more enjoyable to have a rubber sole on the bottom of your boot. Again, I'll link to it in the bio of this podcast and we'll get a tiny little kickback if you end up purchasing them. That's enough of me talking solo. Let's get Alex and Satchel on here. I think we had a pretty entertaining podcast this week. Well, boys, here we are. I'm, I'm, having, I'm having a beer. Take four. I'm having a ginger ale. <laughs> Satchel, what was your idea tonight? Oh, yeah. So I think an improvement we can make, morale is generally pretty low by the time we record because it's Monday night, always at nine. So <laughs> I was thinking every podcast, we just do a tequila shot right before. Get us in the right headspace. So much for dry February. <laughs> well, it's, we still have one more day. This could, be our, this could be our last day. So are we all going to get up and take a tequila shot right now? Are we actually going to try to do dry February? I'm doing damp February, not dry February. <laughs> yeah, dry February would be a little bit tough. Uh, you know what I'd be into, though? Dry February, except for President's Day weekend. That could be like our break. Like it's holiday, you know? I think that'd be pretty impressive, though, if we could go a whole month without drinking dude after skiing though all all you want to do is have a beer i don't think it'd be hard if you guys did it too like that's the problem it's such a social thing if if your friends are drinking you're much more inclined to drink Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think think we would feel healthier if we did 17 days of sobriety i think we've earned a weekend of heavy drinking for president's day and then, yeah. you know, we'll do another 10 days of sobriety and then go back to our normal lives in March. Are we going to commit to this? Yeah, let's commit to it right now on the pod. All right. Ooh. All right. Under under <laughs> God's watchful eye and the audience, the 17 person audience of our podcast, we are being held to this. <laughs> I'm still on the fence. You guys, I'm not ready to make that decision. This right was your now. idea. I like um, the idea of it. <laughs> Satchel, no, take or, your last sips now. <laughs> or we could move the podcast since if we don't if we don't want to involve tequila in hyping ourselves up, we could we could film at a different time of day. 
or we could film together because I thought that our last podcast where Alex and I were together in the, in the bro tub was it flowed a little bit more nicely. I, I, that was probably my favorite one. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it too. I think it worked well. It was honestly, it was, it was really honestly just through the voice memo app. I was pretty impressed with the quality of the audio too. I could tell how relaxed you guys were. I could, I could just picture it, you know, bubbles in the background. Yeah. The, the Airbnb had a private bro tub. It was pretty sweet. You would have, you would have loved it. I was kind of wondering if like people were walking by while you were trying to record. There were, there were three people that walked by cause it was like the back. It's like in the little back deck of this Airbnb that's in like a, you know, condo complex or whatever. It's like all townhomes. And uh, there were, like, four people, like, walking around as we're recording. And you can kind of tell, like, they, they're watching us. We're looking at them as we're speaking into the phone. But it's, you know, so it's kind of awkward for both parties. But It know, worked it, out, though. It worked think, out, yeah. I think we could even record at your apartment now in, in downtown Denver, Alex, because um, there's not probably not a ton of traffic on a on a Monday night through the brotep there. Yeah, and it's pretty quiet, like because it's not facing the street, it's facing the train track. So as long as the train's not going, then it's fine. Yeah. Well, I think that could be a plan for upcoming episodes. But I did want to ask you how the rest of your trip at uh, skiing in Utah was, because obviously I was out there in Ski Park City and, and Alta for a day. You got an extra day in Snowbird on Friday. How was the skiing <laughs> at Snowbird? Snowbird was awesome. Um, I will say Alta and Snowbird were way better than Park City. I know you know you might disagree, but I just felt like every run at those mountains was like what you'd have to hike to at Park City, or like where you have to like go way off, you know, and fight like fight your way up the mountain. Um, you know, it was just everything was so accessible at, at Alta and Snowbird. But on Friday when we skied Snowbird, you know, it wasn't too crowded um definitely more than the third wednesday thursday crowd but the snow was still super soft awesome and you could tell it was about to start snowing in in uh in utah because the clouds had come over the mountain and it just like caked the top the top mountain so if you went to the peak you couldn't see five feet in front of you i mean it was Mm. winds were like 30 miles an hour in your face you can't see anything um so it really wasn't fun if you were at the top but once you got down to about the mid mountain, um, and if you were in the trees, and you could see really well, visibility was perfectly fine, uh, and every run was was just was great. I mean, you were finding fresh snow everywhere you were skiing, and it probably hadn't snowed in like snowed in like four or five days. Um, That's awesome. Or, so it was great. Um, and on the last run of or second to last run of my day, um, I skied with my cousin, and he was like, "Hey, just you know, follow my line exactly, and don't." slow down just like go as fast as as fast as i'm going and i was like you know i was like okay it's like you know this will be fun and uh we go off this like eight foot cliff or so and i just land way too far forward and just double eject front flip out of my skis Moenski's like stuck in the snow and i just start tomahawking aggressively down the mountain and like for some reason i decided to like clutch my poles with like a death grip and I bent this shit like landed on my one of my poles just bent the shit out of it into an S and I'm just like 
laughing and tomahawking 50 feet down the mountain towards this person who's just like standing there staring at me and i'm only getting a glimpse of them as like my head is coming up out of the snow every like rotation i'm getting closer and closer and they're not moving i'm like i'm gonna take this person out because i'm uncontrollably like just falling down this mountain um (laughs) and like luckily I, i didn't hit them but they moved at the end but i like finally stopped falling and realized like i had one ski like 50 feet up and one ski like 10 feet below me and this snowboarder was nice enough to snag it and uh, toss it toss my ski down to me but Mm. um but i definitely need some new poles now totally worth it though you just land in like you know five feet of snow and nothing hurts you're just you're just having fun it's like it was the best yeah my poles definitely took a beating at alta too like doing all that hiking i feel like when you're sidestepping with your skis on you scrape your you scrape the paint off the sides of your poles those mountains oh, yeah. just beat up your gear. It's hardcore. Even though the yeah. snow coverage was great, like all the hiking you do and the terrain just beats up your skis and your and your poles, I feel like. But um, yeah, like you said, it's totally worth it. Did you enjoy Alta or Snowbird more? Alta. Alta's definitely my new favorite mountain. Okay. Um, yeah. Did you guys did you guys ride the tram at uh, at uh, Snowbird or where what lift were you skiing mostly? Um no, we skied the the GAD the GAD and GAD two lift mostly because it was I felt like um, fun runs, but it was where you could see like the snow, mm-hmm. the clouds weren't you know like fully um, over that part of the mountain. We didn't ride the tram unfortunately. That was one thing I did want to do, but the line for the tram when we first got there was crazy long and didn't want to wait like it looked like it was like twenty minutes, thirty minutes in line, and versus just going outside to the lift, which was like no line at all. Um, and so we decided to just take the lift up thinking we would ride the tram again later that day, but where the tram drops you off is just, I mean, it was so windy and so such poor visibility that we ended up just not going back to the top. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, we were, um, and and then you uh, drove home on Saturday. I know we were coming, Satchel and I were driving back from Vail around the same time. Uh, it sounded like you also got caught in some Aspen X Games traffic on the way home, Alex. Yeah, um, you know the way we went out was up through Wyoming and I eighty, but the road was closed because of all the snowstorms um, that were rolling through on Saturday, mm-hmm. and so we had to go down to seventy um, and just kind of like you know take. I think we left at like nine thirty, but it still takes you know like six hours or so to get to to get to Vail um from there and then you know you get stuck in the ski traffic so we 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 hit the ski traffic from basically like Vail resort all the way down to denver um after a six hour drive already after which, six, yeah so which was super brutal i'm sure yes so it was How an 11 hour drive total holy 11, shit 11 and a half hour drive yeah it was mm-hmm. fucking long so that added five and a half hours uh no it added Vail? so it was it would have been eight and a half we were at Vail about at about six and a half hours so it was like four hours from Vail or something like that yeah that's about what it took us on yeah that night as well super brutal jeez it's so much worse when you're like close to home you know you're almost there we were I was like I was like damn I wish uh you guys were staying in Vail I was like I'll just have my family drop me off and I'll you know just sleep on the floor sleep on the sleep on the bench in the middle of the street, middle of Bridge <laughs> street. I don't, I don't care. I don't, I'm so, I'm so done with the car. 
Yeah. We should have stayed there. We like we day tripped it. We woke up at five. Five we fifteen. Out the door, leaving Denver at like five twenty. Yeah, five fifteen. Got up to Vail at like barely in time for our for our ski lessons. And barely. Then, uh, Wait. So what? Yeah. And so what time did you on the actually, way down? Like what time were you hitting? Because my thought this year has, or this ski season has been, if you're going through the, if you're going past like the, the dino lots, um, you know, right through the foothills by like 545, then you're golden. You're not going to hit, you know, too much traffic. Do oh, you feel like that's not true? You we have were, to be there We were earlier. right on, we were right on pace with that. That was my goal was we were, we were picking up Jade at the dino lot at 545. So we were, we were there at 545, actually a little bit before that, but mm-hmm. I have never seen it so crowded that early in the morning to go skiing, hands down. It was the most crowded I've ever seen it, like getting on, as soon as you were on 6th Avenue, you knew something was up because 6th Avenue was already packed, everyone with the ski rack on. It was, I was worried we were not going to make it. So I actually texted the manager at, um, the ski school immediately and said, Hey, look, here's the deal. This is the worst I've ever seen it. It's 5 45 AM. I, I kind of wanted to prove that I was also like awake yeah. and not just slacking off, sleeping in. Yeah. Um, and he was like, all right, keep me updated. He was already awake. Like keep me updated. And I think he had probably been hearing it from other instructors too, that needed to get up there. Um, but it was pretty evident that we were going to be in for a world of hurt driving up there. And I was, honestly amazed we made it up there by nine um i still got yelled at by a parent that was upset that i didn't properly communicate with him but um you know we made it we had a great ski day at Vail. it had snowed 12 inches overnight so on top of all the people going for x games was the fresh pow at 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 a couple resorts but Vail in particular got hit pretty hard with that storm um Yes, I'll let Satchel tell you a little more about how the skiing was with uh, with his youngsters. I I definitely let myself get excited. <laughs> that was a mistake. And then we like we get off the gondola, and one kid probably takes like fifteen full oh. minutes to get his skis on, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, that's where this day is headed. <laughs> so that that was kind of how it went. Just like, and, and those kids are so little, like they can't float over snow like that. Like they just get stuck and fall over. Um, so you kind of, you get two turns, two really fun turns to like catch up to your group and then stop for like five minutes and take two turns. Yeah. It was the minutes. worst, best powder day I've ever skied. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Because even yeah. even my kids who are a little bit older, yeah. nine and ten years old, I was I was excited, and that was just a mistake right out of the get go. Because we weren't going to be able to really, sh- I wasn't going to be able to really shred like I wanted to. I still was able to take them and be like, "Hey, we're going to go ski Vu first run." But I not even we weren't even on the run yet. We're on like the you know how when you're going down to the back bowls there's that kind of like flat section to get to where it actually drops off into the run. We're on that flat section and the kids immediately go into the powder and they don't have any mass or inertia. So they're just stuck immediately like way above me. And I'm like, guys, you have to stay in the ski section to get to the actual run. And I'm like, do not fall, do not fall on this part. 
And then immediately we get onto Aprevu. Kid is down. They're 500 yards above me. They're looking for their pole. And I was just like, all right, powder day's over. And I had to hike up, hike my ass back up 500 yards up this run and look for this kid's pole. Amazingly, we found it. But um, it seems to be a theme for you is uh, searching for your your uh, kids poles well i'm like guys put your pole strap on like that's what they're for you know and they're like proud they're like i never wear my pole straps and i'm like be quiet i don't wear i don't wear my pole straps but i feel like i <laughs> really yeah i don't think i've crazy. ever worn mine no but if you plant or if you get yeah. pole strap gets stuck your arms coming out of its socket if you're if or you could break your wrist like that's the... why <laughs> you're the weak, the weak shoulder boy over there you're, maybe your arm's coming out of its socket mine's mine's <laughs> fine <laughs> you got little dainty shoulders over there <laughs> no i'm joking but um uh, one more topic that i think i've been wanting to bo- bring up on the pod for a long time is the new lift at Vail. um i think we talked about it a little bit but so there's this new lift called sundown express it's lift number 17 for those who are unfamiliar with Vale. So so as in the name, it, it goes right up Sundown Bowl and gets to some of what I would consider the best um, back bowl skiing there is at Vale. What was great is before this lift was put in, you had to take two lifts to get back there. You used to have to take chair five to the top, ski down to chair three, and then back up to the top. And you could access like Ricky's Ridge and stuff. I skied that second run. Of course, it was after my kids had already been flailing and stuff, but I skied that second run and it was already skied out. I mean, 12 inches of powder gone like this. And this is after a week when I've been skiing, you know, like stale, stale snow at um, Park City and Alta, way better than what I got it at Vail. So I, I guess I'm kind of spoiled after this week of skiing in Utah, but I just feel like Vail it actually like was making me think like Vail just has too many people at it, you know, skiing Vail. It, it's just like, you're not going to get good powder skiing at Vail really. It's, it, it kind of like makes me sad. And I know that's a super broad generalization and, you know, you can find some stashes in the trees, but like some, but like every lift at Vail is high speed now. And it's like, if you're not, if it's not one of your first three runs, it's going to be out, it's going to be over skied. Or if it's not a, a Tuesday, you know, yeah, I, I, and I'd be curious to hear other people's responses to that lift because Vale posted on their Instagram and they're like, our new lift is now open, like Sundown Express, a powder hound's best friend. And I, I wanted to comment from our podcast account, like a powder hound's worst enemy, like, <laughs> <laughs> but that probably wouldn't have done any good. <laughs> if anything, this like trip of, or this short stint of a uh, weekday skiing has made me one want to move to parks or to uh, Utah uh, and to quit my job so that I could ski during the week and not have to ski on the weekends anymore because that's the life you just it's all retired people and people on vacation and that's that's how life should be they're enjoying in, it in Instagram you know, not, girlies right <laughs> yeah they're not they're not fighting for each little turn or each inch on the road they're just like i'll mosey on up there when i feel like it i'll ski as much as i want and i'll go home and yeah so that's the life that's the fucking yeah, life i'm a lot better suited to that than our 5 a.m wake up for <laughs> three and a half hours of traffic but 
Jackson, your brother, I think he's kind of got it made. Like, he he still works. He skis every single day. Do you want to describe his uh, setup? His gig, yeah. So yeah. my my brother, and I think we we touched on it last week actually, but I'll, I'll remind people that he is working at the front desk of the Marriott in Breckenridge. And what's so nice about his job is that not only um, does he get to work up there, but they set him up with employee housing, um, which is actually pretty sweet. We were we got to go see it. Satchel and I did, and uh, and Jade, and it's like a duplex townhome or it's a two bedroom townhome rather two bed two bath he's living there with one other person right downtown and then the marriott is slope side so he can go and ski all day and then ski right down into work um i think they have you know like showers and stuff set up there for him so he can get changed and ready to work at the front desk and then um he takes an evening shift or a midday shift so he's probably going to get more skiing and then ever before certainly more skiing than I will this season um and I think he's really enjoying it so if you guys are looking for um you know a way to ski midweek and you're in a a situation or a period in your life where you could take a job like that I would highly recommend it um I think for us three we're probably past that time zone now that we're kind of in more um I don't know jobs where we see ourselves working for uh, extended, extended periods of time. Yeah. It'd be a big change up. Yeah. Maybe a good one though. So we'll have to keep our eye open, maybe get, get a, uh, referral from Ev. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I, I think I would, uh, happily career change to carrying people's bags or parking their, you know, Lamborghini Urises for them and exchange to go skiing during the, during the week. <laughs> All three of us just drop our jobs Start working at the front desk of the Marriott. Just really Sounds hope pretty the, sweet. Really hope this pod takes off. <laughs> yeah, we, put, could, we could do all three of us in one of those one bedrooms, and then have a have a fourth roommate in the other bedroom. We'll just get bunk beds. We we don't even take a new job. We're just like, all right, boys, this thing better, this pod better start really going hard. <laughs> <laughs> we're broken like no prep <laughs> whatsoever yeah no um i think we're i think we're getting our groove a little bit here actually um and i just got our podcast distributed on apple podcast so hopefully that opens it up to a whole new um segment of people and satchel alex and i were looking at our um was it you and I that we were looking at the demographics of the people who listen to our podcast? Which no. one of you was that? No, it was, I think Alex it, was and I. it was you and me. You texted me the picture of it. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting, Satchel. We have we do have people who have listened. Is there like moms? No, no. <laughs> well, yes, I'm sure our moms do listen. But my mom um, doesn't listen. She won't listen to our podcast. <laughs> why? What's her, what's her reason <laughs> she's like until you guys do more prep work i'm not listening to it Jeez, if your mom's saying that then we've really got to pick it up <laughs> no i'm just kidding i made that up she, she, probably, <laughs> she probably just doesn't know about it <laughs> no but satchel i was showing alex that we have listeners from well most of our listeners are from the u.s which is to be expected this is an 
I-70 things. You know, it's about I-70. But uh, we also have listeners from the Netherlands, Italy, Switzerland, Israel, Norway, and the United Kingdom. Is there such thing as like a bot listener? I just feel like uh, there's no, there's no way. I mean, it's if we had like fifty, if we had like fifty thousand listens from Russia, then I'd say yeah. Mm. You know, we either have <laughs> we either been hacked or or yeah, there's a bot listener. But I think one from some friendly nations is probably fine. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. But um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the X Games since that's what caused all the traffic this week. Um, did you guys follow it at all? Did you hear anything about it? Neither um, of you? I just read that article about um, the girl who was Eileen Goo. That's kind of a ringer. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that could be part of our mounting news in the mountains. Eileen Goo, who is a total babe, by the way, if you guys um, don't know who no, she is. No, no, Alex, no. you know who she is. Don't give me that. Don't give me that look. Um, uh, but anyway, she got hurt uh, in the X Games and did, was not able to finish her competition, which is definitely a bummer. She was like killing it. So uh, apparently she's injured her knee in a ski crash, caused her with to withdraw with a bad MCL strain and ACL strain and bone bruises on Friday, which meant that um, one of her competitors – Megan Oldham won back-to-back gold medals, which um, I don't really know anything about Megan, but um, congrats to Megan. I also know, oh, she's a Canadian. So Canadians taking some some medals home because I also know that Mark McMorris, all the ladies love, was he, he won a gold medal as well. So congrats to those guys. Awesome job. I, I wish I would have watched more um, of the X Games this year this go around. I always like to watch it. I feel like we were just super busy this weekend. One of my kids was telling me that there's a new event called the knuckle dragger event. And rather than actually hitting the slope style jumps, they just go off the side of the slope style jump and do tricks like off the side. Like for example, I saw a video of one dude who hits the jump switch and does a double switch backflip off the, off just the edge of the jump. Pretty impressive. Yeah, that's so hardcore. Yeah, so getting yeah, like it's super getting hardcore. Like four feet of hair of air and throwing two backflips. Yeah, and you're you got to be going so fast to be able to clear that. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but that's definitely why the traffic was bad this weekend. So I saw I've seen so many people posting on Instagram being up there, and I'm, I I almost want to comment like, was the seven hours worth it? Like it's probably like seven hours both ways. I didn't even look at the traffic last night. I'm I've been so over I seventy that I haven't. I didn't even look at the traffic last night, but I meant to because we spent four hours driving home on Friday on Saturday night. I wonder what it was like on Sunday after after the X Games ended. Probably probably even worse. I mean, I I remember some some years where it could take seven hours one way to get home from that event. I I got a thing. Um, you know how the shop guys will not work on my skis? Tell the, tell our audience why they won't work on your skis. Pretty much the edge has broken in half, like right under the binding. Mm -hmm. And whenever that happens, they say they won't work on it. It's like a, 
liability thing. But yeah. yesterday, I didn't go skiing because I didn't want to deal with the traffic. So I bought some epoxy, and I I like jammed a knife on like between the base and like the main part of the ski, and like kind of twisted it so that the gap got a little bigger for a second. And then I pumped some epoxy in there, and then I had some I I had like four vice grips, and I just like clamped all the vice grips across the ski with a piece of metal in between the the ski and the grips. Uh-huh. And so that gave me like the flat edge and it's almost perfect. Really? Like, yeah, it's just ever so slightly raised now, but like the, the break between the edge and the ski is gone and the like metal edge is pretty much flush. So wow. I think I might've, I might've saved my skis. Nice. That's awesome. I need you to do that for my skis too. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's Maybe a pretty that- that's a no pretty common thing. Yeah, no one will do that. And uh, Satchel and I were talking about that. That 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 could be our pitches. That could be our pitch for pitches and pitches this week is a ski tuning shop where you pretty much sign your life away. You sign the liability away for the ski shop to do whatever it takes to actually repair your skis. Like because for whatever reason, ski shops now. They don't want the liability of you falling and then coming back to blame them for the work that they did. But if, if we signed more waivers, like why couldn't we, you know, do, why couldn't a ski shop do all of the work necessary to fix skis more broadly? Like, yeah, for example, they won't even fix your skis or fix your bindings if they're over a certain age, you know? And so I, I think there's a little um, opportunity there to just provide a more comprehensive product which is like we're, we will guarantee to fix your skis. Um, Alex was joking that uh, you could like bring a pair of skis in that's like totally snapped in half and <laughs> <laughs> ski shops like, oh, yep, we got it. <laughs> I just want a place that like gives it the college try. Like if, if that's what, like they're, the agreement where they're like, I don't know, man, we'll, we'll give it a shot. Like mm-hmm. I would go to that place. I will sign whatever they want me to sign. But it just seems like every single shop is so unwilling to work on a pair of skis that has like just anything ever so slightly off with the yeah. ski. Well, and they're trying to sell more stuff, but there's so many people out there like us who are, we're not going to drop another $500 to buy a new pair of skis when the edge is like a little bit bent. You know, it's like if you would just work on it, you'd make the $100 for working on it. You know, yeah. so I, I really do think there's opportunity there. And I like your um, your college try um, analogy. <laughs> college try ski tuning. Yeah. There you go. That's a name. That's a good idea. Isn't there like um, college guys moving or? Uh, yeah. 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 So you just need to. Uh, I think that's like a multi, multi million dollar company too. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll piggyback off that, that uh, name likeness. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have one other pitch for our pitches and pitches from an, a listener of ours. Austin G reached out via Instagram and gave us this idea. I think it's brilliant. Um, I'm going to read his message here and then we can kind of debrief and maybe even come back with um, some additional ideas. So what Austin said is <clears throat> owning a ski hostel off of I-70. So the basic idea would be a, a bunkhouse setup. He says, Nothing fancy, 
And he knows that Leadville has some tiny houses that have a similar setup, but more of like a youth hostel style would be cool. Um, especially if you could find a way from keeping it from becoming a trap house that that's key. Satchel would struggle with this, but, um, <laughs> and, and then he also says there's a ski movie called silent swift, silent deep about a ski hostel in Jackson hole. He says it's super cool. And they talk about that hostel in that movie. I actually looked it up on, on YouTube. That movie is free on YouTube. I started it, but I didn't have the, the time to watch it all the way through. I'd love if we watched it all the way through. Um, because in addition, Austin said it'd be really cool if we talked about ski movies on the pod. I think that's a great idea. There's a lot of ski movies out there. And that's one area where I'm kind of lacking. I, I love to go see the uh, Warren Miller films. Oftentimes I'll see some TGR films or Matchstick films. But I definitely think there's some like iconic ski movies out there that we haven't seen that we, we as as hosts of a skiing podcast, we are definitely um, obligated to go and watch. So maybe we'll have like a little ski screening while we're doing dry February this this uh, next month. That, that's how we can replace our time. But back to the ski hostel idea, I I think that's that there's clearly demand for it. I mean, we know there's demand for it based on the number of people that day trip up to the mountains. But I also wanted to think about what are this what are the hostels that already exist up there? Because there are a few. Have you guys stayed in any of them? Are you familiar with any of them? I've never stayed in any of the hostels. I, someone told me that like you have to be from like out of state or out of country to stay in them. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's true. But, well, so um, that was our, I, I believe that was our friend Laura telling us that in the spirit of staying in a hostel, a lot of times hostel owners will want you to be a traveler, somebody who's passing through that area because it is hard to find housing in such an expensive place, especially if you're a traveler without a job. And I, and I get that. I get the spirit of that. But maybe there's a middle ground because you know, there's demand for it for, for Colorado locals too, like us who aren't making a ridiculous amount of money to be able to go stay in, um, you know, some of these ski chalets and, and ski hotels every weekend. And if we had a hostel we could go to and, and it was a reliable place to stay, then I would certainly be doing that. Um, <clears throat> the one hostel that I know about is there's a hostel in Silverthorne, which I've looked at. But I'm pretty sure the rooms are still like a hundred dollars. So it's like, is that really a hostel? Yeah, I don't, I don't count it. Yeah, I'm picturing like that uh, micro hotel or whatever. Is that a, maybe that's like outside of Copper? But um, if there were like a legit hostel where you spend like thirty bucks and you get like a you know a twin size bed, pretty limited amenities, but like I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. And I, I'm sure there's like that place would be booked up every single weekend. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it really is a good idea in terms of starting a business. And, and what would be cool too, is if you, if you bought a place with the intention of, of making it a hostel, you could live there yourself, you know, and ski every day. And, and then your business is just providing the bunk room for whoever's living with you. Um, the place that comes to mind for me for starting something like this would be um, Silver Plume. Because it's like 
not a super crowded area. It's on the way, but you're not quite all the way to, to Summit County. Like I think Silver Plume would be an awesome place to have a little ski hostel, ski house type thing. I think I want to say that they're like kind of finicky with the development. Mm-hmm. Silver Plume, like you drive past that town and there are virtually no changes over the last like hundred years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think you're probably right. There's a really cool but, uh, bar there. Frisco. Yeah. Frisco could be a spot for that. Yeah. Yep. Frisco, Frisco would probably be a perfect spot for that too. Cause then, cause then you kind of get the benefit of all of the different um, resorts around you. And, and that's what the Silverthorn one is. And I'm actually looking at their page right now. I mean, it looks fa- it looks pretty fancy. Um, and what what Google's showing is hundred and sixty dollars a night. So to me, that's not hostel. You know, it's that's a, a little yeah, that's a hotel, but it's on Hostel World. So they are. I guess you can just market yourself as a hostel and get on Hostel World. But uh, okay, it says privates from hundred and sixty. So maybe the the bunk room is a little cheaper. Um, no, it says standard twin private room, uh, 160. And then it says basic six bed, private shared bathroom, sleep six shared bathroom, 274. So what's 274, 275 divided by six. We're bad at math. Alex. 275 (laughs) divided by six, $46. That's actually not bad. That's, that's pretty good. But yeah, it's still not bad. like that's not bad. But you have to have the six people to, to stay there with you because you have to book the whole room. We should keep Which, that in mind, actually. Yeah, we that were still kind of feels like about this weekend. A hotel price forty five. Mm, don't yeah, you think you, that's a little you cheaper? You could definitely get a. Uh, you could pack an Airbnb and get about that. I mean, what what would you guys pay? What do you think the hostel should be priced at in in the mountains like that? Like for a, a bunk, you're paying for just the bunk. Like, could you see? I think thirty dollars. I would be there like every Saturday, Friday night. <laughs> if I only had to pay thirty dollars. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, thanks Austin for um, reaching out. We, I, I love the idea. Um, we should look at some properties that might work for it. That's the other thing is like, if you were actually going to do that, like I'm, I'm actually super intrigued by like the prospect of this. Um, I think the property would be the hard thing to find, right? The the right place to do it, but maybe not. We should we should keep our eye out. I think if you like, it it would be, it might be hard to do it, to code, like there might be some prohibitive. Um, like, well, like for example, like. Um, in Boulder, you can only have so many non-residents. No, that's if they're li- living together. I don't know if there's rules around people staying, how many people you can have sleeping in the same Packed room. in the one room. <laughs> yeah. Like 60 bunk beds in one room. There's got to be something that prohibits that. <laughs> Probably fire well, codes. But oh, we've, done, the we've done that in like Peru. But yeah, you're right. I think that's a very different setup there. Yeah, Anything the frats else. in Boulder pack pack those houses with like sixty dudes, right? Yeah, that's so. true. Did they get special Start permits a fraternity. from the school? <laughs> <laughs> Started fraternity in Silverthorne. That I seventy show fraternity. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Austin. This is a brilliant idea. 
<laughs> you can be one of the founding members of the fraternity. <laughs> oh, that's ski, awesome. Ski five pie. Ski five pie. <laughs> oh, geez. We're getting off the rails here. Well, I think that was a pretty good pod. We're at 40 minutes. You guys want to call it an evening? Yeah. Well, thank you everyone for listening to another episode of That I-70 Show. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Let us know what you'd like to hear. We'd love to hear from you. And pray for snow, y'all. <laughs>